Amen. Hey, you can take your Bible, turn to uh, Genesis chapter 32, and I want to read a, one verse out of a... Uh, I, I'm coming to 32, and I will work on that a little bit. I want to start tonight on a new series on brokenness. I've got this wrote down. Any any great work of God in any time uh, or even in this time or in the future, any great work of God is done through brokenness. And there has to be a broken, a brokenness. Uh, one of the old preachers said that he doubted if God could use any man greatly who had not been hurt greatly. I've got, I've got some points that I'm going to get to. Our redemption came through a broken Savior. I'm not, I'll get to them later. And our regeneration comes when, when a, as a, in a broken sinner. And our restoration comes in broken saints. And I want to, I want to just begin to look a little bit at brokenness. I've read, uh, I've read, uh, several chapters of Genesis to get ready for this message. Uh, I preached this, I've got a series on Jacob and I'm going to talk about Jacob tonight, but uh, over in Hosea, of all places, in Hosea chapter 12, uh, look at verse 2. Of course, Hosea is an Old Testament prophet and he's dealing with uh, the nation of Judah. The Lord hath also a controversy with Judah and will punish Jacob according to his ways, according to his doings, will he recompense him. He took his brother by the heel. That That word Jacob, that name Jacob means a tripper or a deceiver. He took his brother by the heel in the womb, and by his strength he had power with God. Yea, he had, here's the verse, yea, he had power over the angel and prevailed. He wept and made supplication unto him. He found him in Bethel, And there he spake with us. Even the Lord God of hosts, the Lord is his memorial, Jacob's memorial. Uh, And I'll stop reading there, but there's a lot more to that passage that we could read. Now I want to go over over here to chapter uh, 32 of uh, Genesis. When you get to 32 of Genesis, there's already been lots of stuff go on with Jacob. If you start in chapter 27, uh, in 27, Jacob stole Esau's blessing. He'd already, he, I don't think he stole his birthright. I think, I think uh, Esau was so worldly, he gave his birthright away. That's right. Uh, Jacob had somebody said why did God choose Jacob and reject Esau well you could ask why did Jacob choose God and Esau reject God I mean it's both ways when we choose God God chooses us if we reject God we can be sure that we'll Face the judgment of God. And that's the Bible. And uh, so, 
So in so he's already got the birthright. Think about that birthright. The birthright gave him a lineage to the Lord Jesus Christ. The birthright gave him access to the to the the blessing of God on the nation of Judah. He was you remember when they went to Egypt and Jacob said all these things are against me and about that time Joseph Wagon showed up and they said he's a ruler over in Egypt. He's in charge of the whole world over in Egypt right now and uh, and Jacob's tomb changed by the time he got to Egypt. So Jacob's like a lot of us, he's pretty weak. Uh, in chapter 27, Jacob and Rebekah, Esau, Esau uh, Isaac is, is blind by now, and, and, uh, and if you read chapter 26, you'll see let me read a couple of verses here in 27. Verse 1, And it came to pass that when Isaac was old, his eyes were dim that he could not see. He called Esau his eldest son and said, My son, and he said unto him, My son, he said unto him, Behold, here I am, here, I, here am I. And he said, Behold now, I am old, and I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver, thy bow, and go out in the field and take me some venison. He was, uh, Isaac was, you know, the Bible describes sin as the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Isaac had passed up the pride of life. Isaac, uh, but Isaac had a taste for the things of the world. He was married to a woman who was, she had a message from God that Isaac, you know, you read about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God deals with Abraham to a great extent. God deals with Jacob to a great extent. Isaac's kind of off there in left field. He digs a few wells, and other than that, there's not much you can say about Isaac. But he had a Rebecca. He married a wife. And... She had, you got to go back over there, but when those, when those twins were born, God gave her a message. We read it over in Hosea. God gave her some insight that maybe Isaac never got. Man, we ought to listen to our wives sometimes. <laughs> I mean, they had sometimes they got insight we don't have. Rebecca had insight. She she's a deceitful woman in this chapter, and a very selfish woman. Isaac loved Esau because Esau was a worldly. Man, he was a hunter, a hairy man. He was a, he was a man's man, we would say. But Rebecca loved Jacob because God had put his hand on Jacob in the womb. And mothers sometimes know things that we don't know. Sometimes there's insight. She had an insight from the time those boys were born. 
and she chose Jacob. While Isaac chose Esau, she chose Jacob. And now they've come down to this place, and I'm not upholding what they did. But, but Jacob and Rebekah got together and made a. She told him exactly what to do, and and uh, she she told him to go kill the goats, and she put the skins of the goats on his hands, verse sixteen, and then smooth of his neck. She put the clothes of Esau on her on Jacob, and. Uh, and she gave the savory meat and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob, verse 17. He came to his father, his father, and, and said, My father. And he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau. You ought to mark that in your Bible. I am Esau, Esau the firstborn. I've done according to this thou badest me. Uh, rise, I pray thee, sit and eat of the venison. And, and, uh, and verse 23 says that Isaac discerned him not because his hands were hairy as Esau's hands, so he blessed him. He said, Art thou my very son Esau? And he said, I am. So he lied two times to a blind daddy to get the blessing. And his mother uh, worked with him. Now Esau comes in. Here's a lesson. I'm, I, I don't know if I'm going to get to the brokenness or not. but Here's a lesson. When Esau heard the words of his father that he had blessed Jacob... He cried with great, exceeding, bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, my father. And he said, Wouldn't you say Esau is a type of a sinner? A worldly sinner? And Jacob is going to have to be a type of a saved Maybe he's not saved yet, but he's going to be saved. And he said, Thy brother came with subtlety and hath taken away thy blessing. And he said, Is he not rightly named Jacob, the deceiver, the cheat, the tripper? Isn't that a good name for him? That's That's the lost testimony of the of the righteous twin before the ungodly twin. We ought to be careful with our testimony. Amen. Especially before lost people. He has he's supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright. Now he's taking away my blessing. Verse forty one. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand, and then I'll slay my brother Jacob. What he said is, When dad dies, you're a dead duck, buddy. I'm going to take you. And these, and these words of Esau... Her, her her elder son were told to Rebekah and she sent and called for Jacob and said to him, uh, Behold, thy brother Esau doth comfort himself purposing to kill thee. Arise, flee thou to Laban, my brother, to Haran, and tarry with him a few days until thy brother's fury turn away, till thy brother's anger turn away from thee and and he forget that which he's done, thou hast done to him, and I'll send and fetch thee thence. And so, Jacob and his mama are still scheming, but she's sending him away, her, her pet. She's sending him away to her brother. She's never going to see him again. <clears throat> 
he's saying goodbye to his mother for the last time. He won't ever see his mother or his dad again. Huh? And so you see, see the tragedy of it? They schemed, but now it's all over. And so chapter 28, Jacob goes down toward Laban and he stops at a place called Luz. <coughs> Verse 11 says, He lighted on a certain place, tarried there all night, because the sun was set. He took the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed... And behold, a ladder was set up, and and he got a picture from he got a picture of of heaven and the God of heaven and the access to the God of heaven, and uh, well, let me read this. I am the Lord God of. This is the message of the dream. I'm the Lord God of Abraham thy father, the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest to thee I'll give it to thy seed, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. Thou shalt, uh, thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south, and in thee and in thy seed shall all families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee. He gave him four promises. In verse 15, he gave him a promise of his presence. He gave him a promise. He said, I'll keep thee. He gave a promise of preservation. He gave a promise of restoration. He said, you're going over yonder, but you're going to come back. I'm going to bring you back to this land. And then he gave him security, the assurance of his presence with him the rest of his life. And Jacob waked out of his sleep and he said, you ought to mark this in your Bible, surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. The place was Luz, but Jacob named it Bethel, the house of God. And he, and, and this is a, this is a, this Yotamarchus chapter some way, it's gonna it's gonna bear weight hundreds of years down the way for the Jews. It's gonna become a place that's reverenced and God meets with His people there. And so, uh, so Jacob rose early in the morning, took the stone he put for his pillows, and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top of it, and he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of the city was called Luz at first. Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord, then shall the Lord be my God. I'm, he said, I'm surrendering, Lord. We could call it a salvation experience. He makes a commit. God said, if you will. He said, I will. I'll take you as my Lord. He pulls a lot of stuff, just like some of us do after we got saved. But he here's his, here's his salvation point. Uh, well, uh, so he goes down to the house of Laban. You know the story. Jacob went down there, fell in love with Rachel, and uh, worked seven years for her. And then he must have been pretty dumb or something. His father-in-law slipped in the cross-eyed Leah on him, and he didn't even know it. So he worked 14 years for two wives and wound up with four wives because they both had servants and and uh, and he's and all this time he's keeping the flocks, and uh, finally Rachel had 
a son and and uh, let's see where the I want to go to another verse here. Well, well anyway, I, I somewhere. Uh, I'll get it later sometime. But he and Rachel, he he says to he, they, he and his wives gather their stuff up, and he take he by now he's got more goats and sheep than Laban's got. He's uh, he can outmaneuver. He can out trip a tripper. He, uh, Laban was a crook, but he met a crook, and, uh, and so, verse 2 of chapter 31, Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban, and behold, it was not toward him as before, and the Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers, to the kindred, and I'll be with thee, and uh, so he talked to Laban. Uh, they talk about that. Here's my verse. Verse 11. I'm in chapter 31. And the angel of God spake unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob, and I said, Here I am I. He's talking about Bethel. And he said, Lift up now thine eyes and see all the rams which leap on the cattle are ring streaked, speckled and grizzled. For I've seen all that Laban doeth to thee. I am the God of Bethel. Were thou anointed the pillar, were thou vowest to vow unto me. Now arise, get thee out of this land, and return to the land of thy kindred. You know, the Old Testament, it's all about the land. They keep going back to the land. You go all the way through the Old Testament. We just finished Jeremiah last night, and... And, and Lamentations. And Lamentations is the funeral dirge. Five, five funeral songs for the land of Judah and Jerusalem. And they're taken into captivity. The, wouldn't you hate to just have the Jewish Bible for a Bible? I mean, the Jewish Bible ends with a curse. That whole nation's under the curse of God at the end of the Jewish Bible, Second Chronicles. Well, sometime you'll turn over at the end of our Bible. You know what it says? It says He's coming back, and He's going to bless us again. We'll receive a blessing we've never even dreamed about before. Well, here's a picture. The God of Bethel has come down to speak to this scoundrel named Jacob and he gets a call. Go back to Bethel. Go back to the house of God. Get back over where I can bless you, Jacob. And he starts that way. But he's got to deal with Laban in chapter number 31. And you can read the pedigree for Laban in verse 38. He said, I've been with you 20 years. Thy ewes, thy goats have cast, have, and have not cast their young. The rams of the flock I've not eaten. That which was torn of beasts I brought not unto thee. I bear the loss of it. Of my hand didst thou require, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. Thus I was in the day, the drought consumed me, and the, and the frost by night, and my sleep departed from my eyes, and I've been twenty years in thy house. I served thee fourteen years for your two daughters, and six years for your cattle, and thou hast changed my wages ten times. That's Jacob talking to his boss. And he said, Except the God of my father, look at, uh, uh, Verse 29 of this chapter, here's the greeting that Laban gave Jacob when he caught up to him. 
He said, it's in my power of my hand to do you hurt. But the God of your father spake unto me yesternight, saying, Take thou heed that thou do not speak to Jacob, either good or bad. Now in 42, Except the God of my father, the God of Abraham, the fear of Isaac, had been with me, surely thou had sent me away now empty. God has seen my affliction, the labor of my hands, and rebuked thee yesternight. And Laban can't do, Laban gathered all his boys and they've been chasing him for a week. And he, did, he intended to do damage, but God intervened for his man. And now Laban can't, so, uh, so they pile up a pile of rocks. And, uh, 48, and Laban said, This heap is a witness between me and thee this day. And uh, they called it Galid and Mizpah. That's That's two different languages for the same. It's a place of witness. And for he said, The Lord's watch between me and thee when we're absent one for another. And if Thou afflict my daughters, or if I take otherwise besides my daughters, no man is with us. See, God is witness between me and thee. And Laban said to Jacob, Behold this heap. This is a pillar which I have cast betwixt me and thee. This heap is a witness. This pillar be a witness that I will not pass over this heap to thee and that thou shalt not pass over this heap and pillar unto me for harm. He said, what he said was, if you ever come back across that pile of rocks, you can count on it. I'm going to take you down. And so, uh, they parted ways. Jacob offered a sacrifice, and Laban kissed his sons and daughters, and they said goodbye to one another at the at this pile of rocks. Now we're in our chapter. Here's where I wanted to go to. Jacob. Jacob went on his way and the angels of God met him. And Jacob saw them, recognized them, and called the name of that place Mahanaim, and that means two, two companies of travelers. One's up there in the sky and one's on the ground. He saw the angels coming. And Jacob, and Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir. Now it's been 20 years since he left. And he commanded them, saying, Thus shall you speak unto my lord Esau. Thy servant Jacob saith, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed there until now, and I have oxen and asses and flocks and men servants and women servants, and and I have sent to, to tell my Lord that I might find grace in thy sight. And the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to thy brother Esau, and he also cometh to meet thee, and four hundred men with him. And Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. Why was he afraid and distressed? Because it doesn't take 400 men to say, Hi, bud, how you been doing? <laughs> right? He's coming to do damage. He's coming to... He can't go back now. Laban's behind him. He can't go forward. Esau's in front of him. This verse says, he was greatly afraid and distressed. When you get over here to our text, if we ever get to the text, between there and here, Jacob does a manly thing. He starts dividing up his flock. And he sends, see he says, uh, he, he divided the people that was with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two vines. Bands, And if he said Esau come to one company and smite it, then the other company which is left 
shall escape. And Jacob said, uh, <clears throat> God sent me, and I'm not worthy of the least of all the mercies and all the truth which you've showed unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and smite me, and the mother with the children, and thou saidest, I will surely do thee good. Make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered. And he lodged there that same night, and took that which came to his hand as a present for Esau his brother. And he lists all that he gave him. Down in verse 20, he said, Now you, you girls, go first and you servants go next and then bring the cattle and the sheep and the lambs and the goats and all of you say moreover behold thy servant Jacob is behind us for he said I will appease him with a present that goes before me and afterward I'll see his face peradventure he'll accept me so went the present before him and he himself lodged that night in the company. He rose up that night, took his two wives, his two women servants, his eleven sons, and passed over the, the ford of Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over, and I wanted to notice this verse, and Jacob was left alone. So what's the condition of Jacob? He is, he is uh, greatly afraid, greatly distressed, and all alone. He has claimed some promises of God, but now he has tried to pay it out his own self. That's what we do, isn't it? I mean, uh, I was reading something John R. Rice said about praying. He, he had somebody who had, he had a neighbor who had a, a, a new baby. He tried to win that neighbor to the Lord and uh, he made no progress. But the, but the neighbor said, Preacher, we've got this new baby. Would you come and pray for our new baby? He said, what do you want me to pray for him? Do you want me to pray that he'll be a drunk like his daddy? You want me to pray that he'll smoke like his daddy? You want me to pray that he'll cuss like his mama? What do you want me to pray for your baby? That's the way a lot of times we, you know, when we get in trouble, we want to pray. But by the way, while you're praying for the baby, I'm going to be celebrating with the baby. You know. Well, me and my buddy's going to take a few drinks and we'll pass the cigars out. And, and huh? I'm not talking about lost people, I'm talking about saved people. How serious are we? about the blessing of God. Jacob is a conniver, a, a, a deceitful, stealer, tripper. He's a crook. And what he's tried to do is, he, now he's trying to deceive Esau one more time. And oh yeah, Lord, I need you to put your blessing on this. Can you see that in that passage? He's scared to death. He's, he's under the stress of it. And he's all alone. Somewhere, sometime in every one of our lives, that's who we are. We all are a little bit deceitful, aren't we? 
We're all full of pride. We all want our way. We all have desires for things. We all have that. That's part of our makeup. But that's not the God part of our makeup. If we're going to get, if we're going to have power with God, some of it's got to get broke out, don't you see? Now, now we've introduced it right down to the, to the crisis. Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him unto the breaking of the day. Here's his condition. He's all alone. And he's wrestling. I mean, all... Have you wrestled during the night? I do that all the time. I get, I get, my old brain gets to cranking and I, all these little things that I've got to do, a hundred things, and I lay there and wrestle. I could do it this way or I could do And y'all ever do that? That's Jacob. He's wrestling all night long. And he hadn't accomplished one thing until the breaking of the day. It's amazing what how it's amazing how all all of those uh, nightmares and goblins go away when the day breaks. And that stuff that you dreaded and struggled over. Turned out to be nothing in the daytime. I mean, God could handle it for you. You you got a blessing out of it and and you didn't know what you was going to do with it. Right? That's the way we are. God wrote this book. He knows how we are. And when he's... So the, the dark... All through the dark hours, he's all alone. He's afraid. He's distressed. And he's struggling with God. The man. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, that when the angel saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. The principle of brokenness. Before God could do with this man named Jacob what he wanted to do, he had to break him. If Jacob could have figured a way to get out of it and sneak around Esau and go on, he would have. But God broke him so he couldn't sneak. He's going to walk the rest of his the rest of his days different than what he went into that night. Right, Mr. Provy? That's that, he he's going he's going to have a new walk. He's going to be dependent on God for his walk from here on. I wish I had time to go there. Oh, when Joseph took him down, you ought to read that chapter. When Joseph took, took Jacob down to meet Pharaoh, the ruler of the world. Think about old Pharaoh, what Pharaoh's palace must have been like. See those two lions sitting there on each side of the throne and see those, those uh, slaves out there fanning, fanning Pharaoh and it's, it's an ivory steps and a gold covered and here he sits up there on his throne and back there, they got the torches lit and that all of, all those walls it's it's all gold and ivory and silver and and all those walls are just sparkling and through that door back there in the back they open the door and somebody said, it's Joseph. 
And Joseph comes in and there's that old man coming up, the hobbling up. And Pharaoh gets off the throne. I think Pharaoh got off the throne because of Joseph. But Pharaoh went back there to that old man and he said, how old are you anyway? And the Bible says, the Bible says two times. It says it in Hebrews and it says it over there. We read it one day this week in Jeremiah. It's a Bible principle. The less is always blessed by the greater. That's what Hebrews says. Hebrews chapter 11. The less is always blessed by the greater. And Pharaoh gets off his throne and goes back there to that old man hobbling along. And he said, I'm just a, I'm just a shepherd. In the eyes of the whole world, he's a nobody in that, in that palace, right? But the Bible says, Pharaoh, that Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Who's the greater? The Bible says the less is blessed by the greater. God's going to break his man. I'm not, I don't have time to go there. God's going to break his man to make a man. And God's going to, out of brokenness is going to come greatness. Out of brokenness is going to come a man God can use. You know what? Some of us are going through some struggles. It may be we keep struggling until we have to be broken. But if God breaks, He makes. And He'll make more than you ever thought He could make. What's that Marine that... What's that Marine's name? Susie that no legs. Huh? Tim Lee. Say it again. Tim Tim Lee. I heard Tim Lee give his testimony years ago. His daddy was a Baptist preacher. He rolled out on that stage that night in a full dress uniform. He was a Marine sergeant. He had all all of the bars and stars all over himself. He rolled out there with no legs and rolled out to the edge of the seat of the of the stage and gave his testimony and he talked about the day my running stopped. And he talked about as a preacher's boy he went to the world. You know Mark, as he gave his testimony I could just walk through that testimony with him. I was a preacher's boy who went to the world. I was, I was out in the world as a Christian. And he said I, I was the rebel of the, of the whole high school. All of my days, every day, everything that the, went on, I was always in, in the lead of all the rebellion at the school. And and then I joined the I joined the Marines and he said he said I was he said out there in that at, at that boot camp he said I was the one that had to hold my rifle up and wade out into that septic tank because I wouldn't quit smoking when they said quit smoking and stood there in in septic until my arms got too tired to hold my rifle up and then they disciplined me for, for letting the rifle get wet. He said, I was a rebel. He said, I, I was a platoon leader and that day I was the, we were in Vietnam. He said, that day I led the 
it was my time, and I led my platoon. Said on those jungle trails there, the object was, of the leader was to try to see and find the mines so that the, the platoon could come down that trail. He said, I had a black boy in my platoon that was a Christian, and he said he had witnessed to me a lot, tried to get me to settle down and get back to God. And he said, I, I just tried to brush him off. I didn't want anything to do with that. I was, I was a rebel. And he said, that day I stepped on that landmine. And both legs were gone. He said, when I woke up, I, my head was in that black boy's lap. And his tears were hitting me in the face as he was praying to God for me. And he said, as he prayed, I began to pray. And he said, the rebel went away. And I, my running stopped that day. I promised God if I, he'd just let me, if he'd just keep me, if he'd let me get, well, I was going to serve him the rest of my life. And he said, here I am. He was broken. Became one of the great... I've I've never understood why he wasn't used in a greater way than he was. But that night, when he gave his testimony, we were over here at Garland, uh, Coleman, Gary Coleman's church. They had a thousand youth there that night. thousand a big youth event. And we were there. And something like a hundred or so kids got saved that night. Turned their hearts over to God. Before the week was over, he gave another invitation and, and that invitation went over two hours. It wasn't people getting saved. It was people weeping their way back to a place of service. There was a boy in that, there was a boy in the youth group that had heard him preach the year before. Went home, started a Bible study in his, you remember that? Started a Bible study in a school back there in Tennessee. They wouldn't, they wouldn't give that boy a room at the school to do a Bible study. I have a Bible club. And the coach, his coach was a Christian. He said, you can come to the field house. And he started a Bible club in the field house before school in the mornings. And they had outgrown the field house. They, had to, they finally had to give him the gym. And they had like, a, he had like 200 in his Bible club in a year's time. God, God was that brokenness. God uses brokenness. And if he has to break to use, he can. I just want to, I want to explore this principle with you. I've got, I've got eight messages. And I just figured, well, that'll probably be 16 by the time I get them preached, but... But uh, I want to look at it with you, this thing of brokenness. I think we need to come back to a place, get back to a place of being real and, and being honest with God. Jacob had had 20 years of playing games with Laban, but that was over now. God's got him back to Bethel for a reason. Could I say? God, God's doing business around here. 
And there's a reason for what's going on here right now. Well, I guess I'll just stop right there. I, I can't go any further. I wanted to talk about a cornered man who became a crippled man, who was who be, who was conquered man and a crowned man and a confessing man. That's half the message. That Bible's a wonderful thing. We've we've been in we've been in the longest book in the Old Testament outside of the Psalms this week. They call it the Wailing Wall of the Bible. The the weeping prophet. And there's not one successful uh, service in the whole book. But God has spoke to our hearts out of His Word this week. It's amazing what God will do with. Bruce, would you pray for us, please? Thank you, Father, for blessing and brokenness. Father, it's hard to pray for it, Father, because we don't want it. It's hard to understand it, even. We know, Father, that that is a principle that's very important in Scripture. And how you've done it with so many of your men and women who served you. And even today, in modern history, we can even see it also. We want to be close to you, Father. And you, we desire that closeness so much that sometimes we have to ask for some things that are difficult. But Father, I do pray for this church, its needs. You can break a people, but you can also break a church. And if that's necessary, you do that, Father. Prepare us for whatever you have. Ahead of us, we want to serve you. We want to be close to you. Thank you for Brother Wayne, for the message of tonight. Thank you for the example of Jacob, and um, so much more. We'll be studying and learning from him and other men also. So we pray that you guide as we go through this series. Thank you for it. Bless those that have great needs today. We've had our time of prayer and talked about the needs of others, and we always remember that. Bless in the pastoral search. Bring the man that you would have to us. Put all that before you tonight, begging you to answer and to bring about what you have. We're praying.